0: Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
4: You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
0: Afrotech is a global gathering where inclusive tech companies meet innovators. It's the only tech event you need all year. Get ready for Afrotech 2023 in Austin, Texas, November 1st through the 5th. We built a whole template you can use to help you get your employer to sponsor your trip and enjoy experiences built for every stage of your career. Whether you're a college student looking for your next internship or if you're working in venture capital looking for your next business to invest in and if you're looking for a co-founder or people to join your team, there's no better place to be. The massive corporate layoffs of 2022 and 2023 have affected our community in a big way. And Afrotech wants to help you get back on your feet with skill development, making it easier to switch industries if that's your route. And in Afrotech, you'll make connections to help you get your next opportunity. Visit afrotech.com conference to learn more. I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech, Green Money. I'm gonna introduce you to the biggest names, the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas you're black and building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Angela Yee is a Radio Hall of Fame inductee and multi-business entrepreneur who runs companies in a variety of industries. She recently started her own solar radio show, Way Up With Angela Yee, after a long tenure at The Breakfast Club. As an entrepreneur with many holdings, I asked Angela how she determines what kind of businesses interest her. Definitely, she gets pissed all the time on new startups. What catches her attention?
5: Um, Well, I think for me, the core things that are most important to me have to do with nutrition. Um, It has to do with education and with finance. And so I look at those different fields. And if something, and a lot of times I actually pursue things that are interesting to me. So it's not always that someone comes to me. But if I see something that I think is interesting or that I want to support, then I'll reach out about that also. But I um, I started the Press Juices company on my own with the juice bar, that was my idea, with the coffee company, that was an idea that got sparked in a meeting. And then with Stellar Fi, that was something that I had been working with the founder Lamine on um, other things that he was doing. And then when that opportunity came, I was all in. So usually it's a combination of relationships with people, but I think I make sure that people know what my different fields of interest are.
0: So we've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about, you know, black people and people of color period having an opportunity just to be opportunists. And so many things that we're told is like, you know, you should lean into things that you've been passionate about for a long time or like, what did you grow up wanting to do? But we're not told like our counterparts are that you can just find an opportunity and jump on it. When you think about that, like how do you think about the opportunities that do come to you and you're like, you know, it could be a bag over there or it could be just something that could be fun. You know, how do you think about those types of things?
5: I'm, I'm great with getting a bag as long as I don't feel like I'm compromising anything. And so I don't want to get a bag like promoting a cigarette company or something that I really don't believe in. And certain things I feel like aren't realistic, right? Like people know I don't eat pork and I don't eat seafood. So it wouldn't even make sense. And so if it's me endorsing something that um, everyone knows, hey, she doesn't really do that, then that's, I wouldn't do it. But if it's something that, Maybe I don't know a lot about, but I feel like okay, this could be, you know, uh, like for instance, um, one of my friends, Topeka. We're we're working on a project together right now, and she has a whole program that's based on women who were formerly incarcerated, and so I know for people that's like a hot topic right now, and it's not something I knew a lot about, but after speaking to her, it's something that I did get more passionate about, and that's just from my conversations with her, and so. I feel like we're always expanding and growing, but it is hard for me to only be opportunistic and see a bag. Usually I have to have, and I know it's not financially the smartest thing. I'm more like somebody told me I'm an emotional um, financial person because I have to feel some type of connection. But it has been working for me thus far, but I do feel like I could have, um, you know, passed up on some opportunities
0: You know, there's there's a lot of people who have really, really great jobs, maybe golden handcuffs and see like they may have to take a leap and not not do that anymore and jump into an entrepreneurship. But can you talk a little bit about how you think about leveraging your current opportunities to fuel the opportunities that you want to pursue and you don't necessarily have to quit what you're doing today?
5: Yeah, I feel like me having the platform that I have only amplifies all the other businesses that I'm trying to do. And really, I'm trying to take advantage of it. And so it's great because I'm on the air every single day. And I have my social media platforms. But we also have partnerships with people who want to endorse different things. And if I can cross promote my product with something else, then that's an ideal situation for me. If I can... You know, get my coffee to be part of a program that someone else is doing and now they're paying for the coffee and I'm getting free advertising. That's like a win, win, win across the board. And so I think I would be remiss not to do that. I feel like later on, I don't want to look back like we look at some of, say, a reality television person and some of them have had things that have blown up just from being on that show and having something to put out. And I think it's silly not to have something to promote or to do while you're having that platform.
0: And, you know, you, you are somebody that's in the public eye, but if, if an entrepreneur or a would-be entrepreneur comes up to you and is like, you know, I, I think I got to quit my job to go chase this thing. What would your advice be for somebody who's not in the public eye necessarily that maybe you don't need to quit your job but maybe you need to figure out how to do it from five to nine, you know, instead of nine to five?
5: I always feel like it's important to make sure you plan and that means that you have to have a business plan you have to have strategically figured out this is how i plan to launch i'm a big fan of starting something while i have my little cushion so starting small and then letting something grow so put it out there launch it do i I love a soft launch because that's a great way to find out what's working what's not working so that you can fix those things before you go full force out to the public and so i would tell them launch whatever it is that you want to do And make sure that you're saving and aggressively saving, because I've had to do that too. You know, when I bought my first house, I was working nonstop because I had a goal in mind and a number that I knew I needed to hit. I knew I needed to get to, um, I think it was, I could tell you exactly what it was. I had to get 25%. I knew I had to get to like $235,000 in order to be able to put down the down payment. And so for me, that was like two years of just going really hard, and getting money, stacking money, doing extra side gigs and everything. So I think set a goal, set a number. And then when you hit that goal, it's time to go. But in the meantime, launch it.
0: And let's, let's take the opposite approach to that because there are sometimes you do need to take a gamble on yourself and you know possibly give up something that other people would see as a really coveted thing. So what would you say to those folks who you like, Noah, if you really believe in yourself and you really are passionate about this thing, you might have to give up what other people will be like, you're crazy to give that up.
5: Yeah. And listen, there's times that I've done things spontaneously because my gut instinct told me to do it. I feel that I trust that. It's like I love to gamble. Right. And when I play blackjack, there's certain times when you have to figure out, am I going to hit or am I going to stay? And you have a, an option because you could go either way. You could bust or you could beat the dealer. You don't know. And so sometimes you do have to jump out there and take that risk. But I also say that you have to know, um, A, like try to make sure that you lessen whatever chance of failure that there is. So do everything that you can to get your ducks in a row if you are going to just leap out there and do it. And B, trust your instincts. Everything is telling you don't do this and this happened and then this unfortunate thing happened. And, you know, then maybe it's not the right time. And I do pay attention to signs because it's helped me a lot.
0: You know, there was an interview I was watching that you did, and you were talking about, you know, there was a previous job you had where you had a bad manager. They yelled at you at one point, and you were like, you know, you were you were doing marketing, I think, and yeah. you are like, you know, I'm out. And the clients you were working with were like, they go on with Angela, like they left that company and decided to work with you um, separate from your, the relationship with that company. So can you talk a little bit about knowing your value, because particularly in the world we live in today to where there's so many people who can could work freelance and work for themselves, but feel like, you know, they need that security of an employer.
5: You know, at that time, I didn't know my value. I had no idea that would happen. That was an emotional decision. I never... One thing that's like a deal breaker for me when it comes to work, when it comes to relationships, is I don't I don't deal with people speaking to me in a disrespectful way or yelling at me because that's not the energy that I give. I know some people are okay with that. And some people, you know, communicate that way. That's not me. And I'm very clear about that. And so... I had been working really hard and not getting paid a lot and bringing in a lot of business. And he was just upset that I was doing these side gigs because I wasn't getting paid a lot, but I was honest about it. He only knew about it because I told him and he said that was fine because you're not paying me what I should be making. And so when he blew up on me because of the same thing that I had been honest about, came to him about, and that he had approved, I just got my stuff and left. I already was fed up and so i just walked out took my laptop because he didn't even have computers for us i took my laptop (laughs) it got out of there and i you know to me um i did bring in a lot of those clients and i did write up the whole marketing proposals and i was the person everybody was talking to on a daily basis so when i left everyone was reaching out to me like well we really enjoyed working with you and that was a learning lesson for me to know that i could do something on my own because you know, I had always worked at a company. So after that, I just started freelancing because I had got three good clients from him that were paying me a monthly fee and I had gotten two on my own outside of that. So I was making a nice amount of money and not having to be in the office. Wow,
0: yeah. You've been in radio, I think, what, 27 years now or more?
5: How long have I, now, I've been in radio for 19 years.
0: Because you did morning shows, afternoon shows and, and other things like there's an important part of research that you have to do daily to be up on what's happening Mm -hmm. in the world. And it requires you to know a lot about a little, you know, a a little about a lot of things, I should say, you know, how, how would you say that research experience that you've had have, has helped you in business knowing a little bit about a lot of different things.
5: It is great. Like I had a meeting with somebody the other day and we were talking about boxing in the meeting because he owns a league and so i know a you know a bit about boxing because i enjoy the sport but because i've also interviewed a lot of boxers and i pay attention to that and i watch the fights and so you get in certain situations where just having being able to add to the conversation that's why i tell people when i was younger i really didn't watch the news and pay attention to what was going on but i tell people all the time just make sure you keep up on current events you don't have to you know, deep dive into everything and know all, but be able to have a conversation, know what some of the main headlines are, because those things really do help when you're at a dinner and people are talking and you don't wanna just be there, have no idea what's going on in the world. And I used to be like that. I used to not have any idea. I used to not pay attention to the news when I was younger. And when I started doing radio, I had to do all kinds of research just to know about the current events and the headline topics.
0: Yeah. There's this um, quote that I love from Steve Jobs and he says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backward. And what, what I get from that is you never really know why you're doing something in the moment until like later on is like, oh, that's, you know, had I not done this thing, I wouldn't be able to be prepared for what I'm doing today. And so if you look back on your life with that lens, what were, you know, one or two critical moments where you were in the moment, like, what the heck am I doing but then you you look back and you're like now it makes sense
5: um let's see well definitely the time when i quit my job and there was a um i mean let's see there's so many times that i've just done there was a time when i got offered a job um you know at hot 97 and i didn't take it and at the time i really didn't take it for practical reasons it was less than what i was already making um, my name wouldn't have been on the title for the show and so it was like kind of to me in my head a step backwards but I feel like everyone else was like you're crazy how could you not take that an opportunity like that never comes there's people who have been doing radio their whole lives and would die for something like that and I made a practical decision and you know now that I look back it was the right decision at the time I was like second guessing myself and, um, and now that I look back I realized that What they offered me, it's so much harder to climb out when they start you so low and it shows like how they feel about you and what they already think about you. And so that wouldn't have been the right way for me to embark on a situation when I was leaving a place that really wanted me right like they offered me more money to stay they offered to give me the show with my name on it to name it whatever I wanted to. And that's where you want to be, someplace where somebody really, really wants you. That's where you want to be no matter what, if it's work or
1: if it's a
5: relationship. You got to show me you care. And then when I left um, Sirius to go to iHeart, that was something that everybody was like, oh, my God, FM radio is dying. Why would you do that? You barely get to talk. And I was just ready to start something new. They were the underdog station. You know, if if the breakfast club hadn't done well, that station was gonna flip to a whole nother format. And so a lot was riding on that, but I feel like that's when you really are the best, when you can go go with a a company that is uh, the underdog and come out on top. And then after that, the sky is the limit. And so for me, that's what it was, just to be able to go and leave a situation that was comfortable um, but I just didn't see any growth there for me to go in some place where I could be uncomfortable, but grow.
0: You know, you said something there where you talked about, you know, it's really hard to climb out when you start somewhere so low. Can you talk a little bit more about that and just conceptually talk about that?
5: Well, one thing I did learn is that a lot of times when we get offered something, people don't negotiate. And mm. so it was really important to be able to negotiate. And so, um... When you start off say somebody offers you $50,000 a year and you're like okay I'll take it. Well then now next year when I'm asking for a raise, I can't say I want $150,000. That that just sounds like wow, you know, how did that happen? So now you're like okay, can I get 65,000? And then the next year and so now you're climbing out of a situation where if, when they first offered it to you, if somebody offers you 50,000, that means that they have way more than that. You know, that's what I always assume. And so even when negotiating for bookings for different things, you know, people generally tend to start low because they anticipate that you'll come back high and that you'll meet somewhere in the middle. And so there's times that I've, you know, negotiated and then they accepted too fast and I was like, "Damn." <laughs> you know, and then there's sometimes that it's not about the money and so if it's not about the money then cool but you also want people to know your value and worth you don't want somebody to say well i offered her you know five thousand dollars and she took it why would you pay her twenty thousand dollars yeah and so it's just important for you because people do talk to each other and they ask each other
0: you know early in your career you started out as an intern for the wu-tang clan um can you first talk about how you found yourself in these roles and what you feel like was the reason you took that role and why they accepted you in that role
5: um, I think, well, for the, a lot of it was always relationships for me when I was starting out. So one of my good friends, um, Scotty, he actually owns the studio engine room where I do my podcast lip service. I knew him when I was in high school. He went to Howard University and he was uh, really good friends with my boyfriend at the time. And so that's how we met. Now, mind you, that guy, you know, I don't talk to him at all anymore, but Scotty and I kept in touch. And when I was in college, he was like, hey, my friend um, works at Wu-Tang for Wu-Tang Management and they're looking for an intern and I recommended you. So I think you should go, you know, go do that. And so I was a little nervous because Wu-Tang didn't have the best reputation at the time. I was like, oh, they're kind of wild. I don't know if that's the environment (laughs) I should be in and so i went and then he called me he was like did you call my guy and i was like no i haven't called him yet he was like angela please just call you know at least do the interview i told him you were coming so i was like okay so i went went on the interview and as soon as i walked in and we had the conversation there were like other people waiting they hired me um on the spot and so i don't know what it was about me but they just hired me on the spot and that was that and then i started working there so it was a, a relationship that i had from somebody who thought that i would be good and then afterwards when i graduated, they actually tried to get me to not finish college and come work there it was my last it was the junior year before my senior year and they wanted me to just work there just come and not go to my last year and i was like no i think i'm gonna finish i only have one year left yeah. and then when i graduated i ended up working there
0: wow what made you take that when so many other people would be like okay oh, hey, what they want me full-time this is a music business it's hard to get into anyway what what gave you that say you know what? i'm going to finish school
5: my parents would have never went for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they would have never had that, Allow that yeah. to happen. And, you know, even like that was my first job and I know people weren't making that much money there. And I was like, yeah. they're not going to pay me enough for me to feel like I could survive on my own. And then I also felt like I'm a, the type of person I like to finish something if I start it. And so I have one year left and yeah. I was like, this isn't gonna, you know, go anywhere. And I knew that I had other things. I had interned at MTV. I had interned at a record label. So I didn't think that that was all I would ever be able to do. So I was was just like, let me just get my degree. I came this far.
0: Afrotech is a global gathering where inclusive tech companies meet innovators. It's the only tech event you need all year. Get ready for Afrotech 2023 in Austin, Texas, November 1st through the 5th. We built a whole template you can use to help you get your employer to sponsor your trip and enjoy experiences built for every stage of your career. Whether you're a college student looking for your next internship, or if you're working in venture capital looking for your next business to invest in, and if you're looking for a co-founder or people to join your team, there's no better place to be. The massive corporate layoffs of 2022 and 2023 have affected our community in a big way. And Afrotech wants to help you get back on your feet with skill development, making it easier to switch industries if that's your route. And at Afrotech, you'll make connections to help you get your next opportunity. Visit afrotech.com conference to learn more. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop.
2: Then once you get there, keep going. Because with Intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do
4: we level the playing field for
2: all entrepreneurs?
4: 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same.
2: That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. at and connects in an old to podcasts.
0: Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
6: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic.
0: People in the public spotlight, like an Angela Lee, as you can imagine, often get asked to be a mentor to up-and-comers. Angela takes the stance, though, that you should bring something to the table as a prospective mentee. If you want someone to mentor you, consider what you have to offer, not just what you want. Angela speaks on it.
5: Yeah, being a mentor is work. It's a job, you know, because now you have a responsibility. It's like having to, you know, show somebody the ropes. Even when you hire somebody new, say, as an assistant, that's a lot of work because now you're showing somebody how to do something in order for them. to be. And you have to be patient because everybody doesn't work the way that you work. And it's a time consuming thing, too. And, you know, as we get busier and busier, as you get more and more successful, time is really uh, valuable. You know, time is money, they say. And so for me, it's like I don't have a lot of free time. I don't even have time to do things for myself. Like my nails would be raggedy because I don't even have time to go get a manicure. You know, I might get a facial like once every four months because yeah. I just honestly, for my own self-care, I never have time to do the things that I want to do for myself. And so... If somebody can come to me and want to be mentored, but they can also show me what they bring to the table because they've done the work, I also need to know that you'll take it seriously. Some people just want to hang around and see some fun things and meet people and be able to go back and post pictures on social media and say that they were here and they did this. But I need to see how serious you are because I also don't want to invest my time in someone that is just doing this for fun and for a look. I need to know that you are actually going hard for yourself.
0: I'm, I'm interested in your coffee shop. Um, I have a coffee shop also. And I'm wondering, like, when you were building yours, what did you feel like you would bring uniquely to an, a coffee shop experience? You know, there's a million coffee shops out there. Um, what did you feel like you could uniquely bring to an experience?
5: Well, I love our coffee shop. But part of what we did was we really paid attention to the origins of our coffee and matching that up with the food and what we serve inside and even the music and the decor. And so we are, it's in Bed-Stuy. It's a, you know, beautiful location, brand new building on the corner, outdoor seating. But we also have things in there like we have patties. You're not gonna find that at a typical coffee shop. We have a lot of vegan options. We have like a plant-based BLT sandwich. We have a bun and cheese sandwich. It's a lot of Caribbean and African inspired items on the menu. And we also serve um, like 80% black and brown owned products in there. So it is a way, because it is coffee uplifts people. And at the same time that we're doing what we're doing with the coffee, we also want to uplift people um, who have their own businesses as well. And so before we opened a coffee shop, we were doing these pop-ups at another location. We were calling them pop-up lifts. And so we were just highlighting other small-owned businesses and letting them come in for the day, sell their products, promoting it. And it did really well. And so we kind of wanted to go with that theme of offering a space for these other vendors to come in and highlighting them. And then we have an amazing chef that's in there and the quality of what it is that we do from the avocado toast to the yogurt parfait is like top notch. Yeah. And so that's basically what I wanted to do, make it a really high end experience for us, but also have things in there that wouldn't typically be in a coffee shop.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um you talked about wanting the franchise eventually. And like, you know, when you think about, there being so many out there, um, how, we, how do you know when you're ready to take that leap and, and what will make it desirable regionally or nationally, this coffee house?
5: So what I wanna do is, cause it's also a coffee company. So we're in Whole Foods in the New York area and some other stores and in some restaurants. So for me, the way I'm attacking it is, um, you know, getting into some of these major retailers so that the brand recognition is there. So that when we open the coffee shop, you've already seen us in stores, maybe you've ordered it, maybe you've made it at home already, maybe you've had it at a restaurant. Um, you know, we have our coffee in Tatiana's, which is Chef Kwame's restaurant in Lincoln Center. We're in uh, Grill in Brooklyn, we're in Black Swan in um, Maryland. So there's a few different locations that we're actually kind of more uh, handpicking where we wanna be at first before we, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of slow growth. We haven't had the company that long. And so I'm not trying to do too much too fast. And so I feel like branding myself in that way, making it something that people get familiar with the name. Uh, we've done a partnership with Ducey also for an espresso martini with them, with their XO. And so I'm just trying to do these things so that people get familiar with it so that when it's time to open, because, you know, people will say there's a lot of coffee shops, but there's a reason for that because people love going to coffee shops. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. And so I don't feel like it's something that... Um, and it's location. You know, if you can yeah. get a great location, then that matters a lot, too, and the opportunity. And so, you know, we have a lot of great par- and and partnerships. I think with the coffee, the partnerships and the collabs are going to be what really drives us, to and makes us unique.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to you talk, and I think I'm thinking about something we've been talking about so much in just mainstream, not even just in tech recently, and that's AI. And you've mm-hmm. probably heard like these computer-generated Kendrick Lamar records, and yes. and and I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm, I'm you may not have an answer to this, but I'm because I don't know how deeply you've thought about it, but I'm wondering like what you think about personalities like yourself and the future of computer-generated, you know, Angelies. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I wish I had one right now. <laughs> <laughs> but is that something <laughs> you think I about can-
0: often? Well, increasingly. I
5: have it. No, but you know what? It is really crazy, like to see even not even just that, but also seeing people like in the metaverse and being able to go and do that. But um, I mean, you know, we see so many things happening where it feels like, first of all, it feels like humans, maybe we aren't going to be necessary for a lot of reasons, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just like money. I feel like at, at some point like having cash is going to be worthless, you know, cause people don't, no one ever has cash yeah. on them anymore.
0: That's a fact.
5: And that's so, fact. yeah, so it's just, a, um, and I know a lot of people fight progress and fight like what's going to happen in the future, but you have to figure out what it is and how you can actually, you know, benefit from it. And so let me go ahead and do some research on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's good. That's a good answer. I, so mean, I can I, figure out
5: how I can benefit from uh, it.
0: Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. And I mean, to that end, I, what do you think, how do you manage content ownership in your world? Cause I ima- I imagine, cause I don't know what each of your contracts are like. I imagine when you do radio, you don't own that asset at the end of the day, but maybe your podcast, you might. And so I wonder like how you think about ownership of content at the level of the game that you're playing.
5: I own my podcast a hundred percent. And so the deal, I have a deal with iHeart right now for my podcast, but all the content is mine. And so, um, there's but I've anything I do on iHeart, like that I created while I'm there, they own. And so I had lip service before that. I have that all, you know, taken care of. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. um and and they didn't even try to make me give up my rights to that. Even like my Facebook page, um, and all of that, like I own all of those things. I know some people sell those, yeah. but I have like I think like 4 million followers on Facebook. Wow. And so that does really well for me also.
0: (laughs) No, I believe it. I believe it.
5: Yeah. Uh, And it's great because a lot of the content that I do, you know, it is kind of a a way of me documenting my whole journey too, because interviews and things that I've done, that's all on my Facebook page. Yeah. And so for me, it's valuable in that way too, for me to be able to be like, Oh, look, when I did this interview and have those moments um, circulating always.
0: Um, One of the more important things when you're starting a business is good credit and and often even more than having the cash. um, Having good credit is super duper important. What did you learn about this when you were starting out investing and buying houses and starting businesses? And you might have had the cash. You talked about that two hundred something thousand dollars. But what did you have to learn about even the credit side of this game?
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, if you don't have good credit, you're going to end up paying for it. You know, so either you won't be able to get a mortgage or your interest rate will be so high that you'll be paying all this extra money that you shouldn't have to. And so I didn't even attempt to buy a house until I had good credit. And that meant a journey of me um, fixing my credit. So even if you're thinking right now, I don't have the money to buy a house, start working on your credit. You could start working on that today. You know, figure out what it is that you need. And you could do it yourself. You don't have to hire anybody to do it. These are things that you can figure out on your own and letters that you can write you can find that online if you need to contact uh, any any of the negative uh, reports on your credit score you need to go ahead and do that and so for me I fortunately started working on my credit way before I knew I wanted to buy a house for like two years before I even attempted to do it because I, like I said I had to save the money up but then I also was looking and I was getting prepared for that but I had to fix my credit and I think um not have people would tell you like oh what do you need credit for if you have the cash but
2: available feature intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions always monitor traffic and weather conditions at and connects an ode to podcasts
0: connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower lather up with the news sports talk comedians or movie reviews connect with that three-hour philosophy show change the driving to work in traffic so slow connect the dishes to voices that glow Thank you to the geniuses of Spoken Audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
3: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
7: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
8: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
0: I mean, why is this something that, Angela, you care so much about to the extent of, you know, partnering to start a company around? I mean, I've heard you talk about financial literacy for a long time, entrepreneurship, why I because it to because
5: it's all things that I didn't know and it can be really crippling like some people can't get an apartment unless they have someone co-sign for it. And that's something that is uh, like really difficult because who who wants to co-sign for somebody? You know how hard that is to find? A lot of people can't co-sign for somebody and a lot of people won't because everyone will tell you not to do that. And so if you can't go out like an adult and do things for yourself, that can be really um you know mentally ex- exhaustive and it can also just physically be such a hindrance to you and so that's why it's important to me i even look at members of my own family who have bad credit and you know how hard it is for them and sometimes like for me i wouldn't even open my bills it was really stressful like i thought about it a lot we all have been in that situation well, we all haven't but but in that situation where we know these creditors are calling our phone we don't even want to answer the phone it's embarrassing and it's also like, ugh, you know, it's just so stressful. And then maybe you answer the phone by accident one time and then they're like, hi, we're calling from like, oh my God, you know, but it's terrible. It's not a good feeling. And so I think it's just important to face it and to work through it and to make it happen because, you know, it's just like the calmness that comes yeah. from knowing that like, okay, I have, and if there's an opportunity, you're not going to be able to take advantage of it because you don't have good credit. Like even the building that I'm trying to buy right now, the only reason I'm able to do it is because my credit is good, you know. And and if it wasn't, then I'll miss out on that opportunity to buy a 30 unit building where I'll have this income coming in. And that can help make me wealthy because I don't have the credit to be able to get the loan from the bank.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you've talked so much about financial literacy over the years and increasingly about entrepreneurship, What is the difference in your mind between being broke and being poor?
5: Uh, Well, being broke, I was broke a long time, but I still (laughs) had a good time while I was broke. You know, being broke is like I still was going out and uh, eating because I'll go to all these events with free food and free drinks and, you know, figuring it out. And me and all my friends are broke. (laughs) Being poor, I think, feels... um, more like a mindset of i'll never get out of this i'll never have any money i can't do anything and um it can be like it feels like people look at that as more permanent being broke is like a temporary thing you know you don't have to ever be poor you can be broke temporarily and then you can get yourself out of it
0: i hate the term serial entrepreneur but you know for somebody (laughs) who's just an entrepreneur you have different businesses in different industries You know, for people who have a lot of ideas and are really passionate about getting those ideas out into the world, like you have, what's some of the best advice you've gotten or you have for people who wanna do two, three, four different things in different verticals? um, What have you learned about that in order to do it well or to stop from doing it at all? You know, what do you say to that?
5: I would say you have to prioritize at different times. And so when I'm starting a business, I make sure that's my main priority. That is my like 24-7, you know, this takes priority over everything. Right now, way up with Angela Yee is the priority. So everything else has to work around that. So whatever time I have, if I have to be on the air, if I have to do this for my show, that's the most important thing. And then everything else, the coffee, everything has to be scheduled around that. I still do it, but it's not the number one priority. When I first opened the juice bar, that was the number one priority. I was at work and every single day I was there, making sure whatever had to be delivered was happening. I was working with the contractors. I was you know, in there every single day working with the employees. And so that was the first priority for me at that time. So I think uh, when you're a serial entrepreneur and you're trying to uh, juggle different businesses, being able to prioritize is one of the most important things that you can do. And then I think along with that is also having a schedule and sticking to it because you really have to allot time for each thing and make sure that you're like, okay. And I literally set my alarm. Like I know from 12 to one, I have to do this. One o'clock, eh, eh, eh. okay. One to 2.30, I'm working on this, set my alarm. And I give myself ample time to travel or do what I have to do in between things. But um, it's all about just scheduling your time and prioritizing and taking care of yourself because you have to get some sleep.
0: Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan Deborn and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Sarah Erkin and Rose McLucas. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Vanessa Serrano. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Share this with somebody. Go get your money. Peace and love. Afrotech is a global gathering where inclusive tech companies meet innovators. It's the only tech event you need all year. Get ready for Afrotech 2023 in Austin, Texas, November 1st through the 5th. We built a whole template you can use to help you get your employer to sponsor your trip and enjoy experiences built for every stage of your career. Whether you're a college student looking for your next internship, or if you're working in venture capital looking for your next business to invest in, and if you're looking for a co-founder or people to join your team, there's no better place to be. The massive corporate layoffs of 2022 and 2023 have affected our community in a big way. And Afrotech wants to help you get back on your feet with skill development, making it easier to switch industries if that's your route. And at Afrotech, you'll make connections to help you get your next opportunity. Visit afrotech.com conference to learn more.
7: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take
8: a deep breath,